Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Hi, how are you guys going? Yeah, fantastic. Okay. How are you? Oh, it's great stuff. All right, let's okay. kick in. Let's kick in before we um, we do anything at all, uh, because we're gonna have to go through this book. I don't know about you, but um, man, I, I I find myself having to read and reread the chapter probably at least twice. I've never been slowed in 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 my reading, and this book is just holding me back. You know, it's taking me back all the time. So we only are on rule number two. I mean, there's another ten after this. We're definitely not a book for the uh, last-minute crammer, as I've found out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah All right. So, Megan, you want to introduce the book? Yeah. So uh, the, uh, sorry, the book, and then maybe the chapter. Yeah. So we're reading the Twelve Rules of Life, uh, Rules for Life, by Jordan Peterson. Uh, we covered chapter one last week, which we learned a lot about. Um, standing up straight and having our shoulders back. And this week, rule two was to treat yourself like someone that you're responsible for helping, um, which I thought was a pretty relevant topic at the moment. Yes. Um, given what, like, being in lockdown and everything that we've got happening around us. And I thought that, you know, it said a lot just in the heading, the title of the chapter, but once you got further into it, um, it, all the first kind of sub paragraphs were basically saying that, um, you know, you are more likely to look after your own animal than you are to look after yourself. If you got prescribed something by a doctor, um, then, you know, you're not, you go to these professionals for their opinion, but then when they tell you their opinion, you want to try and prove them wrong or, you know, go against what their advice might be. So I just thought it was so relevant to, to this time and everything that we've got happening at the moment. I actually yeah. turned it off there because I clearly treat my body like a temple. So um, <laughs> I don't know really? what he's talking. I don't know what he's talking about at all. <laughs> I take all the medications, all fifteen of them that I've got. <laughs> well, well uh, for, for, according to him, actually one third of people don't even take the prescription. Yeah. I mean, this is the amazing thing. It, they even did studies of people who had transplants, and, and you, you. you it's amazing, you know, you just receive a new transplant and you're probably thinking like grateful for that second chance of life and then you don't look after it. It doesn't make sense. Well, it probably does make sense because, the, well, it depends. So depending on the reason that you, you had to have the transplant, but I know people who have had to have kidney transplants due to alcoholism or liver liver issues due to alcoholism and they get the new liver and go straight back to drinking. So um, the new, adding a new piece to your body doesn't change the mindset that got you in the shit in the first place, I think is the, is the point there. Um, probably explains why you would think you'd be grateful for a second chance at life, but if you're drinking yourself to death anyway, you probably weren't that happy with what was going on in the world as it was. So. Hmm. I mean, you, you wonder whether... Uh, that has something to do with this second wave where people are asked to be in lockdown and they go, oh, well, you know, we survived the first one. 
we're gonna be fine and then they go through that uh, symptoms of not having not looking after themselves because it's gonna be okay yeah. isn't it probably comes down to habits as well um, it's it's all well and good to say that you know you've, you've been given a second chance and things like that but if your if your habit is already created that you live a certain lifestyle it can be very hard to change that lifestyle even even with the the you know people facing death or illness or whatever it is it's it can still be very hard for people to change their lifestyle it's it's no different to people who win the lotto being broke a year later they didn't have money to begin with what money they did have they spent on lotto tickets which probably isn't the best investment on the planet and then they win $80 million and within two years it's all gone because the habits don't change, the psychology doesn't change. Um, you're given a gift and you waste it. Um, now, uh, after that, he spoke about chaos, the difference between chaos and order. What did you guys get? I mean, I'm, I was, I was th reading that bit where he actually said that chaos is feminine. And yeah, I couldn't yeah, help but think of you, Cam. I thought Cam is going to use that line. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> he went on for pages and pages and pages explaining that a lot of the things we see in life or a lot of our philosophy is based on male and female. So yin and yang, um, masculine and feminine, um, and um, how, how that's come to be over time. It's not a scientific fact. It's a philosophical fact because we didn't have science for a long, long time. And I was quite pleasantly surprised to find out that uh, the masculine energy was where order exists and the female energy is 100% where chaos exists. So if it's in the book, it must be true. Um, <laughs> I think, I like when I, I read think, the heading, I thought, oh, I know where this is going. And then I read it and I thought, shit, that's not where much, I thought it was going. Much like last week where it said you want to be a strong male lobster, we're, we're talking here about the... Uh, masculine being the order and what we can clearly work out from this uh those few notes megs is that you're the reason the podcast went off the rails last week oh, yeah. uh, no. uh, <laughs> i'll take one for the team cam chaos mate. i've got broad shoulders chaos theory <laughs> what about yeah, what, it though i mean how where's he where's he coming up with the fact that the, the female side is the chaotic side i um probably sort of thought that it was to do with like the fact that females probably are more emotional beings. So the chaos kind of relates to the emotional side, whereas the the um, order being a male, you know, they are a lot less emotion driven in their thinking. So when they make decisions or when they think certain things, it's, it can be quite clear, whereas with females it, it can be very unclear. I think... If I can dig myself out of a little hole here, we, when they a lot of people talk about masculine and feminine and male and female, they're talking about the energies, not so much the, the human. I mean, we we know men who have got a lot of feminine energy and, and women who have got a lot of masculine energy. So it's not, I don't think it is about the body type you're sitting in. I think it's about the energy which you represent, which would then make sense. And people with a lot of feminine energy are very emotional. I've, I've been told that I've got plenty of it because I'm, up and down like a yo-yo at times. So um, if that saves me with all the ladies, thank you. But, um, but the, be the beauty of chaos is that it's a place where changes happen. And uh, and uh, thanks to chaos, it's actually, it, it brings a new order. 
And, and so we need to welcome chaos, the, the changes that really bring us to a new order, really. I found, now, in, a, found in rule number one, he was quite, um, he talked quite friendly towards chaos. I feel like in this rule, he's talking as, as about chaos as if it's the devil and that it should be avoided at all costs. It seemed no, 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 no. I, I think he's still asking us to embrace it because uh, for, for him, Chaos is the start of things. And, and I think that the start of things is, has to do with mother. Mother is a start of life. Mother is a start of a child. And so our brain actually reacts very quickly to, to, to chaos, you know, to, to that start of things. We, in, in the end, we do a lot of things um, uh, for, for order, but that's because of our reasoning, our thinking, where everything starts from that chaos, from the mother, from the origin. And where, where he, I, I disagreed with him, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm, we, all, we can always agree with part of the book, is, is how he moved from there to, to uh, Adam and, 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 and Eve, you know, and the Garden Eden. And, and it's a good discussion because he's, he's trying to explain the, the, the story of Genesis, but he's also questioning, for example, like, you know, if God really is almighty and, and, and is so perfect. How come he allowed a, a, a snake from entering his Garden of Eden? I, it's a good question, right? And at some stage, God is also looking for uh, Adam. So he's, he's looking, he's, he's screaming out for Adam. And, and you're thinking, hold on, if God can see through the bushes, really, why would he have to? So he's, I, I love the, the fact that he's questioning some of these things too. But... This is that, that fight between uh, male and, and, and female, and, and, and to me, I, I don't get it. The chapter, uh, to me, is all about we need to feel responsible for ourselves, and, and which is something that the Stoics, the, the book on the Stoics have really taught us. It, it's, if you want to find a solution challenge, from challenges that is outside, you have to go within and find them. Right? But there he goes into female and, and, and male energy and then Adam and Eve. And I don't know what you guys know because I don't know. Now, I was trying to work out how he would tie it all in at the end, but I, I couldn't see it being tied in at the end. He, he starts off talking about how we don't look after ourselves as well as we look after other people. And then he does go into the male and female energy. And then he started talking about the Bible. And as soon as he started talking about the Bible, that's, <laughs> that's the end of me. But um, the, the only thing that I could see is that because Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they went from not seeing any, only the beauty in them to now seeing the imperfection in them. And, and, and I think that that's what it is. What he's trying to set up is quite often we only see the bad side of ourselves. And, and that contributes to why we don't look after ourselves. What he's trying to say is, because of Adam and Eve, I ever catch those guys, I'm going to sue them. Because of them, they have made us conscious of our own deficiencies. Hence, that's when, after the fruit, that's when Adam and Eve used leaves to cover themselves, where before they didn't, you know? And so, I think he's trying to explain that somewhere through our youth, ourselves we have we have we develop that kind of uh, anxiety worry about what we look like and, and how we come across but also he's saying 
that through all of these generations, which goes way, way, way beyond the, 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 the world of mammals, we have developed that. We have in our DNA that drive to be self-conscious about your lack and your uh, negatives. It's, it's innate. I think that's what he's trying to say. Mm. Then why? So Adam and Eve create the awareness of our imperfections, but then it's also saying because of our awareness of our imperfections, we don't try and change them or fix them. We let ourselves get worse in a lot of circumstances. So um, it's, a, it's a hard, hard topic to get wrap your head around, I feel. Oh, seriously, man, you can read and read and, and probably uh, even if you sat in front of him, you probably wouldn't get it. But I, I think that he's trying from this chapter to just let us know that it's okay. This thing here is inbuilt, that, that we always find a way to bring ourselves down. That is something that is part of our own nature. I, I think that's what it is. Because he then in the end just spoke about, um, what is it, uh, the, the values of uh, vision, the values of, uh, of being driven. I mean, that, that gets us to, to almost be mesmerized by something else rather than look and feel sorry about ourselves. He finished it the same way that he, like, basically with almost exactly the same title of the chapter, but he just said you could begin by treating yourself as if you were someone that you were responsible for helping. And I I think the point that he's trying to get across is that if someone came to us um, and asked for advice or asked for help, we would give them the advice and the help that comes from the heart. But with our own lives and our own decisions, sometimes, you know, you, you don't give yourself the same advice you'd give someone else. You treat yourself differently because of your ego or because you make excuses or because you're worried, you know, what people might think. And so you, you take all of that into consideration, whereas when you're giving advice to somebody else or, or you're treating someone else a certain way, you're treating them without thinking of any of those things. You're only thinking about them and the advice that you're trying to give and how you're trying to help them. Yeah. Whereas with yourself, you're looking at all these other factors that come into it. We've spoken before especially to do with the Stoics about the self-talk and that, um, you know, we should never say things to ourselves that we wouldn't say to somebody else in a negative sense. And I think part of it, sort of a different side of the coin to what you were just saying, Megs, is where we'll find excuses for ourselves and all that sort of stuff, but we also treat ourselves like shit when we are hard on ourselves. We're also very, very hard on ourselves. And when issues do arise, we'll say things to ourselves that we would never say like I would never say to you or to, or to Thomas or maybe to Thomas, but not to you, Megs. Um, <laughs> and that's part of it too. I mean, we, you, that I think he's getting it. I think if you could have an overall, what the rule is meant to encapsulate is you would never call yourself, you, you'd never call your mother the names that you call yourself sometimes and you gotta, you got to be... Look after yourself a bit more mentally that way as well. Yeah, for me, the last page, like uh, Meg said, uh, he encapsulated everything when he says you must keep the promises you make to yourself and reward yourself so that you can trust and motivate yourself. Uh, I was having a discussion with uh, one of our sales managers the other day and he, when he was having a bad time, running the team he was full of anxiety and talking to me now the team's like breaking record month in month out and he's calling me with a different level of anxiety because he's not worried about what's coming up in the future 
And I said to him, listen, mate, it's nonstop. Things are going bad, you worry. Things are going great, you worry. I said, where do you stop? And the last question I left him with was, just, just answer this to me. In the last seven days, what did you do special to look after yourself? And he, he had to think. And I said to him, all right, that's all right, man. I've got my answer and I moved on. And, and I think that that line, the way he says, strengthen the individual, start with yourself, take care with yourself, define you who you are and refine your personality. Choose your destination and articulate your being. This is, to me, the gist of the entire uh, chapter, but he, he lost me with Adam and Eve, that's all. <laughs> so that, anxious, that anxiety on both ends of the stick, that's going to come back to hidden players, isn't it? Yes, but, that, but, but that's what he's saying. It's, it's that human being at the start were not, did not have that self-awareness, that consciousness of lack about themselves. And he's trying to explain it through that story. That's also, he's got a bit of a, uh, a metaphor, if you will, right? I don't know why the metaphor is that, that only maybe that explains the reason we don't look after ourselves. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know. If you got anything else out of the, the chapter, tell me, because I, I struggle to even get just that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You were expecting, it's an interesting... Um... You're a writer, Thomas. You've written books. It's an interesting. The headline doesn't. The, the the content didn't seem to match the headline. Yeah, I agree. I uh, was waiting for you know. I, I'm a guy who probably needs well, definitely needs to take better care of himself, and definitely looks after other people better than I look after myself. So I was excited when I read the headline that it might, you know, give me some clues or give me something to to work for, but. It just went off on tangents and circles that um, I didn't. I didn't. The, the reading mm -hmm. I did didn't leave me any none the wiser, really. Other yeah, than, it started well. It started. It actually started on the right tangent yeah, because it talked he, about the kidney transplant and and all of that, and then it talked about how you treat your pet, <laughs> and then it just went into the. Yeah. the he might have been. He might have been doing us, mate. He might have been having a nice chardonnay while he was writing it, and by the end of four bottles, he was halfway down to, you don't know i mean he's an, he's american or canadian he's one of those over there and um they very very they're much more religious culture in america than we are so maybe the bible reference for him was a way of communicating to large it's a way of selling the book larger audience over there but uh, i don't know he lost me a bit yeah lost me. oh well let's hope that chapter three is going to do better than uh two for us uh, but megzi i'm interested we've got a bit of time left so you said that because you'd already read the book once before and this time around you've you found it much deeper much earlier what's that a sign off for you um i mean it was more that i didn't remember it going into the religion side so early um but i think this time i don't know it's been probably a, oh I'd say at least a few years since I've read it. So um, I'd say just a different different mindset now, you know, older, maybe wiser, not sure on that one, um, different life experiences since then, you know, having kids. I, I think I'd probably read it after I'd had Jordan, but it was definitely before I had Lara. And, um, you know, I, I suppose too with, um, you know, 
COVID and everything else that we've been through, I just think you, you with where our brains are getting wired to think differently now without no. us even knowing or we're knowing, but we're, we, we don't, I don't know how to explain it. I think um, even if I had have read it six months ago or whilst not in lockdown, you'd get a totally different message out of it, I believe. Well, that's we're evolving every day. Thomas talks about we were doing some training with the team um, during the week about actually how to read, and he he was making the point that if he highlights something or makes a note, he puts a date beside it because whenever he goes back to reread the book, he's interested to see where his brain was at yeah, at that point exciting. in time. Yeah, and the growth. I mean, we're going to depending on what happens when we get off this, we'll we'll get more out of rereading the chapter than we would. Like it's every minute, every hour that our thoughts and our opinions are developing. Yeah. So it's, in, it's interesting mm -hmm. how we pick up different things. Even bringing it to a forum like this and hearing other people's opinion on it changes how you take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it changes the, the how you're going to look at it again, mm -hmm. right? It changes the way you're going to perceive the, uh, the, the next chapter. And that's why I love doing it because uh, three minds always better than one. And... I, I read it the first time a little while ago, and I had to say, as soon as it, it started being a bit religious about things, I, I just skipped. I, I just went forward. So I, I, I must have said that maybe I only read the rules and then I kept on going. I, I didn't really delve into the, the, all those stories, you know. <laughs> but because we're talking about it now, there was something that obliged me to just make sure I understood like every, every page. Uh, especially I've been conditioned with... Uh, with Cameron, like uh, on, when we were reading the first book, that Cameron could be asking us about the page <laughs> of, of a line that he's uh, citing. So we had to know the, the, the book a bit better. I catch out. <laughs> I can't wait for the next six years it takes us to get through the next two pages. The sad part about it is we're trying to, you know, we would hope that this would influence a few more people people to read because reading is you know, it's where I've got some most of the biggest lessons that I've learned have come from books or a lot of the good ones anyway so we, we encourage people to read but getting on here and telling them how mine effed we are because <laughs> book, probably not going to help his book sales no no well, he doesn't he doesn't need us mate, to sell these books I think I think that at the end of the day we're trying to delve into someone's mind and see what he's trying to show us and sometimes and sometimes we we agree with what we see sometimes we don't and, and that's that's part of the thing if if we have to agree with everything everyone writes i i think we'd be schizophrenic all right anyway good reading of this book we'll catch up next chapter talk soon thank you trying to show like anyway, bye, bye.